Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome in to another episode of Real Sports Talk by Naraj. July 6th, Tuesday. Man, what a weekend and uh, Monday actually. Uh, a lot going on. Looking forward to having hopefully a nice stretch coming up here. Um, yeah, hopefully everything will go well. Pushing, being positive, grinding it out. See what you gotta do sometimes, and hopefully that will be the case as this month continues. So I know it's been a while since we talked, and um, I do want to say that you know I'm going to be taking a break soon. We'll be back eventually, uh, hopefully with some new ideas and new content. Um, so. A week or so more of me and then I will be taking a break uh, as I try to reset and focus on some things here to get done and then I'll be coming back uh, stronger hopefully with some new ideas some new things to get going and keep you guys all engaged so um, gonna be previewing mostly the NBA finals um, and all the games and action that will be taking place this week as we do have our matchup finally set so Milwaukee Bucks, Phoenix Suns, NBA Finals starting tonight. Um, it's going to be a really interesting and a fun series, I think, because for the first time we have two teams that I submitted we didn't see coming. Um, you know, we've been used to seeing, you know, Golden State and Cleveland, and you see Toronto get in there and then you have the Los Angeles Lakers you know a lot of these other teams um, you know have been in the mix lately but for the first time in a long time you have two teams that have gone through so much in terms of the market that they're in kind of way that they kind of built their teams um, it's really show, showed out in this postseason and it promises to be one of the most exciting, fresh NBA Finals matches we've ever seen. So, you know, you have the Milwaukee Bucks who finished up strong without Giannis, closing out the Atlanta Hawks in Game 6 on Saturday night. Uh, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, big-time performances to lead them to a victory. And now the watch is on Giannis and whether or not he'll be playing Game 1 of the NBA Finals. Obviously, he hyperextended that knee. So, you know, he's going to try to give it a go in game one. He's not going to be at 100%, but knowing Giannis and what he's been doing this season, you know, there's no doubt he will be trying to play in the NBA Finals, whether it be in game one or, you know, game two, game three. He is going to give it a go. Give it a go. And, man, there's so many storylines for this NBA Finals matchup that are so, so um, exciting and we're looking to watch out for you know it's one of those matchups where both teams do match up pretty well in terms of size and position wise um you know and in the regular season the phoenix suns did beat the milwaukee bucks twice although Giannis still averaged i think over 40 in those two games that they met and i think they were high scoring games as well so you know Obviously, NBA postseason has been much different. We've seen a lot of defense shine through in some some games for both teams, as the Suns have done that a lot, and 
So it's the Milwaukee Bucks. So it's a really close series to call. And as a fan, I mean, you just got to wonder, like, you know, in this series, things could go back and forth all the way. It could go six or seven games potentially. Um, just because you look at, first look at the Phoenix Suns. This is probably the best defensive team that they're going to face in this postseason run. You know, you had the Suns obviously beat the Lakers, get past Denver. The Clippers were a tough one, but they got past the Clippers somehow, even without, you know, getting past Kawhi Leonard, who couldn't play, obviously, but they still got it done in a tough series that you saw Patrick Beverly, Paul George uh, really play well. And so now you have the Milwaukee Bucks, who have excellent defenders all the way across the board. Um, so this is probably Devin Booker's toughest challenge in terms of you know the defense that he's seen this postseason. I mean, you're probably going to see P.J. Tucker of the Bucks guard him. You know, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday. Um, that is the Bucks. That that will be what they're trying to do. They'll try to slow down Devin Booker if they can by throwing him different different guys on defense. And then you look at Chris Paul. I mean, what a, a career he's had. And the one thing that has been obviously missing is an NBA championship. And now he gets to compete for an NBA championship. And the head-to-head matchup with Drew Holiday is really going to be interesting. I mean, promises to be very, very exciting because, you know, both point guards have a unique ability to score and distribute. And so we look at the head-to-head battle, and, I mean, it's just going to be one of those games in which you're going to see Chris Paul do his thing, Drew Holiday do his thing. question is, which of these, which of these point guards will really be clutch? You know, if they, if they have to be in, in the fourth quarter of these games. Um, you know, so it's a matchup which Giannis, uh, obviously, like I say, he's going to give it a go. It won't be at 100%, but Giannis has been really coming for a long time. I mean, winning back-to-back MVPs. You know, they've, the Bucks have had their fair share of heartbreaks, obviously, but they're finally in this position now for the NBA Finals opportunity. Um, and you know that they're not going to be afraid of the moment. You know, they've been doubted a lot this postseason. And they've come through with every challenge, you know. So expect them to give it give it their all. Um, and you know, Jan is obviously going up against DeAndre Ayton potentially, Jay Crowder. I mean, this is what it's all about now. I mean, if Giannis can come back and he's like at least seventy eighty percent of himself, I mean, he is going to be a force down there in the paint. So it just comes down to how well. Do the Suns kind of, you know, defend him? Because we know that the Suns' defense has been good at times this postseason. Um, but they haven't faced anybody like Giannis in this postseason. If he is at close to 100% by the time he plays in this in this NBA Finals, I mean, they're going to have a tough time dealing with him. Um, so, you look at both coaches overall. I mean, what a job that Mike Budenholzer did. You know, there was obviously a lot of talk about Mike Budenholzer and whether or not if he was going to be able to kind of last this season if he didn't get the Bucks to the NBA Finals appearance, and he finally did. And he pushed all the right buttons. You saw him start some guys in some key minutes against the Hawks and Bobby Portis and Forbes and Pat Connaughton. And you give got to give Budenholzer credit. I mean, he really did a good job of, you know, 
managing everything, getting all the plays that he could get, and you just saw the Bucks rise up and take care of the Atlanta Hawks and finish them off with a Trey Young who obviously wasn't 100%. Um, but you know that the, that the Bucks had the had the edge in the series, and they took advantage of a lot that was given to them. And Bullenholzer definitely is going to have um, a lot to think about because he's going to be against the Suns team that has a lot of shooting on the uh, on the court. I mean, a lot of guys could shoot really from the three point line from mid range. Um, so, I mean, it's just one of those games in which it's really hard to like. Uh, you know, determine how the, how it will go. What you can say is that both teams can score, both teams can defend, and when it comes down to that, it just it's all about those. In this kind of matchup, it comes down to the small things, and small things meaning battle in the paint, rebounding, extra possessions, fast break, and turnovers. So we know that both teams can execute in the clutch and make shots, but. In this series, it will be be even more spotlighted because, you know, I don't think that you're going to see the Suns, you know, be out of a game. The Suns will, you know, the Suns always find a way to, like, stay, with, you know, within the reach, reach of a game. So, I don't know if the Suns are going to get blown out. I mean, it's possible that they could maybe one time in this series, but I don't see that happening. Usually, the NBA Finals, how games do go with, you know, obviously the Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday kind of schedule. I think you're going to see a lot of tight games between these two clubs. And it's going to come down to which duo, you know, which duo can really rise up and get those extra points and key minutes. And you look at Milwaukee Bucks, you know, they have obviously Holiday, Middleton, Giannis, Brooke Lopez has been tremendous this postseason. Uh, you look at the other side, you got Chris Paul, you know, you got. Devin Booker, DeAndre Aiden, um, but more important than anything in this series, the supporting cast for the Milwaukee Bucks and the supporting cast for the Phoenix Suns will be really highlighted a lot. I mean, guys like Mikhail Bridges, Jay Crowder, Sarge, Cameron Payne will be on you know full full spotlight as well. Like the Milwaukee Bucks, you'll have Portis, you'll have um, you know Connerton, Forbes, so. The supporting cast for both teams, like the, the shooting around them, is going to be key in this series. And you know what I really want to see is, you know, in those key moments, you know, how do both teams go at each other? You know, which which team can get hot at the right time to, to put away a game? You know, so I can see this going being a long series, just because of how both teams can defend each other, how both teams can get hot from the floor. You know, I don't anticipate the Milwaukee Bucks losing on their home court. And for the Milwaukee, uh, for the Phoenix Suns, I could see them dropping one game at home. Um, but you know, I think this the series is going to go seven games. I think this finals will go seven games, and it would favor the Milwaukee Bucks if it goes seven games because by that point, maybe Giannis might be more healthy. More his knee might be much better, um, but I think that with the Phoenix Suns, like Milwaukee Bucks can defend. They can defend um, in multiple areas, and they have the guys who can score and counteract them as well. So it's gonna take some extra guys from the Phoenix Suns, um, on, you know, from like Cameron Payne or you know 
Sarge. Cause like, the Phoenix Suns are going to need just more than Devin Booker and Chris Paul to beat the Milwaukee Bucks. They're going to need Mikhail Bridges to be big time. They're going to need uh, Jay Crowder to do what he was doing against the Clippers. Um, you know, they're going to need that effort from DeAndre Aiden that he was, he, he's been giving them all postseason long. So, you know, it's a tough finals to call. I mean, there's so much star power on both teams. They match up really well in terms of how they can defend each other, how they can attack each other. You know, you know that Chris Paul is going to obviously give it his best. I mean, he had a vintage performance, obviously, in the conference finals. Look at Giannis, Middleton, Drew Holiday. They've heard a lot of noise about how they've been the last couple of years, and now they're finally at an NBA Finals appearance, you know, for the first time in years in their franchise history. Uh, so both teams have so much on the line, so much uh, going for them, and that's what you want. You want to see all the uh, all these storylines, all these players on the spotlight on the on the biggest stage in basketball this season. And I think it's going to be a fun, fun series. I I don't think it's going to like go easy for any team. I think that even if the Suns do win early on in this series, that the Milwaukee Bucks are going to find a way to win at home. I don't see the Bucks losing a home game. Um, you know, I, I just think that they, they'll find a way. Phoenix, on the other hand, they could get off to a, a fast a start, fast start because we've seen it before that, you know, at home they're pretty much really good. They haven't, like, lost too much at home at all. I mean, they lost to the Clippers at least, I guess, once. But they're pretty good at home. And so, you know, the Bucks could easily go down 2-0. But they are well-experienced enough. Or they've been in that situation before. They could easily go back home to Milwaukee and win two games. And then that Game 5 would be the one that would be a deciding point in the series. So, you know, if I had to make a pick for the NBA Finals, it's just so hard to call. Because, you know, both these teams have some great players that you're rooting for. And exciting, you know, storylines and stuff. You know, the thing about this finals matchup to me is that as good as the Milwaukee Bucks have been this postseason, it really comes down to perimeter shooting. And perimeter shooting for the Milwaukee Bucks, I mean, you know that Drew Holiday can do it. You know that Giannis is somewhat okay at it. Um, Chris Middleton obviously can get hot. You know... I just think that the Bucks, the way that they do play, and kind of what they have on their on their on their depth, like their bench wise, I think that they're gonna have a tough time scoring inside and getting anything outside of Giannis, Middleton, and Drew Holiday. Brooke Lopez can probably help out. So Portis, but the Phoenix Suns are gonna try to take away. A lot. They're gonna they're gonna force contested shots, and the biggest thing with the Milwaukee Bucks in this series is you know how do they kind of go about guarding Devin Booker? And I just think that the Suns just have a lot more right now in terms of their their depth. So it's really hard to call. But if I had to make a pick, if I had to make a pick as of right now, in terms of what this NBA Finals would be like and obviously 
what it could go like, you know, because you want to see Giannis come back and be able to play healthy. You want to see both teams give it their all and play at a high level. I'm going to say the Phoenix Suns win this series. Um, I think it will be Game 7. I want to see a Game 7 in the NBA Finals. Um, and I think the Phoenix Suns will get it done. I think Giannis is going to come back. I think he would not let the Milwaukee Bucks lose on their home court this series. But I don't anticipate them being able to win a Game 7 again at Phoenix. You know, it's it's just one of those series where I think that Giannis, Middleton, Drew Holiday, I think they're going to play great. No doubt. They're going to play really, really great. Um, and I will be happy if I'm wrong about the Milwaukee Bucks because, you know, I didn't see them beating the Nets. And when they did, it was like, whoa, like that's, they really stepped up and, and won in that kind of situation. They showed a lot. Um, but against Phoenix, I feel like Phoenix's three-point shooting, their size, I think that they're going to give the Milwaukee Bucks a lot of trouble. And I think that the Suns obviously have been, you know, they have cruised along. I, I will admit, the Suns have cruised along a lot this postseason. I mean, they, you know, took care of the Lakers pretty easily because the AD was hurt, right? Then you had... The Denver Nuggets without Jamal Murray, so they swept through the Denver Nuggets. And then you had the Clippers, and Kawhi Leonard went down in Game 4. Uh, or, sorry, it won the, or, you know, Kawhi Leonard was obviously in the previous series right now, so he couldn't play in this semifinals matchup. And so the Suns were able to win in 6. So, obviously the narrative of the Suns is that, yeah, they've won, they've been impressive, but they, they faced teams who had injuries. And stuff like that and that's true that's true I'll admit that um, but I think they're gonna be tested a lot in this series um, and like I said I think it will go back and forth but I don't see the Milwaukee Bucks losing on their home court so the Bucks best shot of winning this series will be in game six that would be their best shot that would be their best shot to win this series if they can win it in six, that that would be great. That would be epic if they can win it in six. But if the Bucks get to a game seven in Phoenix, <laughs> I think that the Suns are going to find a way to win. And you know, as a fan, you just want to see both teams just give it their all and do their best. Um, I know there are some who are playing for the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, Oh, guys, I mean, it's a really tough series to call because both teams are just like, man, like you just look at both teams, how they match up right now. And all you can say is that Phoenix just has some edge, a small edge in terms of scoring from their bench. Um, and maybe there's some way in which the Milwaukee Bucks are able to kind of like really clamp down and, and make it hard for the Suns. I think they will make it hard for the Suns. You know, I don't think the Suns are going to cruise by at all against the Milwaukee Bucks. Every game will, will probably be tight, um, but I think the Suns are going to be more. They're going to be more tested than they've been this postseason, and I think that you're going to see Devin Booker and Chris Paul like rise to the occasion, and, and they're going to find a way to to get it done. It's going to go seven games. I, I'm really pulling for that. The Bucks' best shot to to debunk whatever I just said. 
It's to win it in six. If they can win it in six, if they, have, if they have a game six on their home court, man, I think that that would be the perfect chance for them to win the NBA Finals. If they have, they're able to win game five, let's say, and then go home to game six, they definitely have a real shot at winning the championship. But if it goes to game seven in Phoenix, oof, I, I think the Suns are going to find a way to win the NBA Finals. Um, so nonetheless, it'll be a great matchup either way like there's a lot of players that you can root for in this series i'm pulling for a lot for both teams but i'm gonna go to suns in game seven i think the home court is gonna be crucial in this series and i think that in one way or another when Giannis is back at full strength i think you're gonna see some great playoff action down the stretch of these games and i think you're gonna see the phoenix suns pull it out um over the milwaukee bucks So in this next segment, I want to continue with my preview um, of the NFC North uh, for 2021 season outlook. And last time on Friday, last Friday I had talked about you know the Detroit Lions, Minnesota Vikings, and so in today's segment, today's preview, I'm going to talk about the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers. So, the Chicago Bears and their season outlook for the 2021 NFL season. It's going to be a big year in Chicago, uh, for Chicago Bears. Um, a lot of things um, to look forward to for the Chicago Bears this season. You know, you almost kind of forget. I almost forgot, like last year, Chicago Bears made the postseason. At eight and eight, uh, they were good enough to have a tiebreaker or so. They've kind of finished strong with a, you know, not too tough of games down the stretch. They ended up losing to the Saints, twenty-one to nine, in the wild card round, you know, last year. So, you know, they finished second. They finished second in the NFC North, and you just look at what they're facing this year, you know. The Bears haven't had the best amount of like success in a, in a couple of last years due to this poor quarterback play. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky obviously didn't work out as they had hoped, and you know they, as an offense, struggled to put up points sometimes. The running game wasn't as always as good in certain spots when they when they needed to be, and so. You know they've had a lot. They have a lot of question marks heading to this year, as a lot of other teams do. But for the Bears, you know, one, you know, is who's going to be your quarterback, Andy Dalton or Justin Fields, who you drafted your first-round draft pick this year. You know, will Allen Robinson finish his career in Chicago after getting franchise tag for another year? You know, that's another thing. You also look at the fact that Matt Nagy. You know, after a couple of years where he had some success, um, you know, it's been kind of a rough go as of late. You know, they made the postseason, but, you know, the kind of success that Chicago Bears um, are looking for, he hasn't delivered on that. And 
you know the the kicking game came into play as well in a couple of a couple of times. And look at this defense, the Chicago Bears defense. They were not as great as a unit last year, um, but they did they did well enough to to help this team get an even record. So you know they've got a lot of question marks on both sides of the ball as to you know how well can Khalil Mack keep it up at the age of 32. I think that's his age. Yeah. You know, Khalil Mack is getting up there in age. This Bears defense um, has had quite a bit of changes to their cornerback spot, you know, the linebacking group. So the Bears are looking, um, you know, for a, you know some kind of longer success this time. You know, they want to be able to advance and obviously pass the wild card around. And so you look at what they've been able to do. Uh, Justin Fields is the most exciting thing that's happened to their franchise in some time. They are hoping that he is the one to take them to those big heights. And you know, all eyes are on the training camp battle, whether or not they will start Justin Fields right away or whether they will start with Andy Dalton. It appears to be that Andy Dalton is going to get the start this year. And you know, they got some veteran um, you know, leadership there, obviously. You know, look at that defense. They obviously have a chip on their shoulder. They've kind of seen what's happened around the division. It's been a lot of new changes. Um, and, you know, everyone's kind of running for the top spot in the NFC North. So, you know, the Bears are hoping to have better quarterback play this year. They're hoping to obviously show up uh, as an offense in some big-time games. And, you know, the whole thing about Justin Fields is that you know, are you going to throw him into the fire right away? Or are you going to let him develop uh, into a proper quarterback? We've seen what, what Chicago's been able to do. They've had some quarterbacks come there, kind of th- threw them to the fire too too early, and some things just didn't work out. So Justin Fields is going to do great as a young quarterback. Question is, when he's going to get his opportunity? And, you know, will the pressure get to Matt Nagy and GM Ryan Pace, knowing that they potentially could be on their ways out after this year you know so will they rely on Dalton winning them games and will they have the courage to change course if things are not going as well for them and can they find a way to get Justin Fields to be you know play at a high level for them enough to where they can get another shot at a long-term future so you know there's a whole lot of that going on in Chicago and you know, in terms of coaching, in terms of like roster-wise, Chicago Bears have a decent enough roster where they do have some good wide receivers. Although I think that there are a couple of young ones, and you know, just the whole experience factor um, is a huge thing. I think for the Bears to have a good season, they need to do better at home because last year in their home games they were three and five. You know, so. They gotta be better at home. At home, uh, being able to kind of use their home field advantage, be able to play really well and win those games that that get some of the top, you know, tougher teams in the NFC conference. They have to be able to win those home games. If they can win their home games, it'll go a long way for them having a successful season. You know, and you know, they've obviously are an experienced group. You know, Nick Foles is there as well, if I'm not mistaken. But 
that's besides the point. More thing is that you know the Bears need to have a clear quarterback going forward. They need to be able to win games, and this might be their best shot to win the NFC North. You know, just considering how much uncertainty there is in Green Bay, I mean, this may be their best shot to win the division, and that defense itself, uh, as good as they have been in terms of sacks and getting turnover that's something that they're going to have to do much more and hopefully they will be able to do that because that will definitely help a lot for this offense that is going to need to score the running game obviously is going to be much better with the addition of Damian Williams who played for the Kansas City Chiefs so now you have Cohen you have Montgomery you got Damian Williams so the Bears running game should be much better their offensive line still worries me a little bit because just of pass protection. Uh, but they do have what it takes to make a run at it if they can win their home games. And looking at their schedule they have right now, I mean, some of the key games they have, I mean, they're at the Rams in the opener. I think that's going to be a loss. You know, they're at Cleveland, they're at Vegas, you know, Pittsburgh, Steelers, you got Seattle, you got Tampa Bay. Uh, a lot of tough home games. Oh, sorry, a lot of tough away games for sure. And at home, they got Baltimore, Arizona, you know, San Francisco. So, you know, I could see the Bears winning um, a good amount of games. I'm not going to say postseason just yet for the Bears. Uh, I don't think they will actually make the postseason this year at all. And, you know, they did last year, obviously, with the 8-8 eight and eight schedule. But I think... This particular year with obviously a lot of teams kind of getting back to a normal kind of schedule. I just don't think the Bears are good enough on the road yet to win big time games. Now the only thing that can change that is if they, if Justin Fields comes in early on in the season maybe and is able to kind of win the starting job and maybe be able to like get this team to win. They could probably win with his mobility and his, you know, they could find a way to win with Justin Fields, maybe more so than Andy Dalton. But if the Bears are going to play it safe and start Andy Dalton Week One, you know it's going to be it's going to be a long season, and the Bears don't want to get out of it too early either. So their best shot may be to start Justin Fields, maybe just because of knowing how teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars, New York Jets may start their rookie quarterbacks. You know, they may need to do, do that early on than anticipated. But they have, a, they have a rough stretch of games on the road that they're going to struggle on. I think last year they were obviously good because they had games that they could win down the stretch. But this particular year with the NFC being so loaded with a lot of teams improving and other, other divisions, I mean, I could see the Bears winning about six games. I'm going to go 6-11 for the Chicago Bears. And I think that for Justin Fields, you know, whether when he just gets his shot to start, you know, it's all going to come down to how does the, how do the Bears respond and how do, they, how do they go about these games, you know. If these games are tight and they lose by a score or two, you know, then maybe Matt Nagy may be retained. But... You know, if you're seeing the Chicago Bears kind of not do so well early on, and you know, and they're not be able, they're not able to win those key games, then 
a lot of changes might, might happen to the franchise. But with the 17-game schedule, I just think that the Bears, I don't think they're going to be able to win a whole lot of games uh, unless something changes within the division, which I, th- I think that, you know, you're going to see, obviously, Minnesota be better in some areas. You know, Green Bay's uncertainty. The Bears could do it. But they got a rough stretch of games that I think that they're going to find themselves on losing end of a lot of these games. And Justin Fields isn't going to be able to do crazy, you know, crazy amount in one year, I think. Um, but I think that this group is just going to struggle on the road more so. I think they'll be much better. Most of their wins may come at home. It's very possible. Uh, but I have them going 6-11. I think they're going to find... They're going to have a tough time winning games on the road, especially against... Some of the teams on the other side, it's, it's rough for them, I think. They're going to have, have a tough time winning games. But I expect to see improvements in some areas. But they still have many more pieces to address um, on their roster before they can really challenge, um, you know, they can challenge for the, for the for, you know, for, for the postseason and make a deeper run. Because right now, I, I don't see that happening as much. So... 6-11, I think they'll be better than the Detroit Lions in the division for sure. Maybe. <laughs> so, in this next segment, I want to preview the Green Bay Packers and their season outlook for the 2021 NFL season. Packers are obviously coming off uh, a really rough uh, ending to their postseason last year where they lost in the NFC Championship game to Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I mean, it still felt like, man, what kind of game was that at the end where they, where Matt LaFleur and the Packers decided to take the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands, rely on that defense, and then Rodgers never got the ball back. So the Packers have been through a lot of drama already this offseason. As most of you already know, I mean, the tension between Aaron Rodgers and GM, Brian, I'm not going to pronounce his last name, uh, is, is it Goodkist or whatever it's called. Uh, <laughs> they've had, it's been a very interesting dynamic right now between Aaron Rodgers and the front office of the Packers. As we know that for the past couple of years, they have not prioritized as much of getting big-time free agents, big-time wide receivers, kind of trusting the system, trusting the process of developing wide receivers. They draft in the second and third round. And Aaron Rodgers is coming up an MVP season, which he was absolutely lights out. Um, and he has, hasn't had the greatest postseason success um, in his career. Whether the Packers had a good team or not, I mean, he's had a lot of close championship losses in the NFC championship game losses um, you know he hasn't been back to Super Bowl in almost 10 years and you know it's been a lot of changes to the roster the defense has been good at times sometimes really bad the offense has gone through its struggles at times but the Packers have put together two 13 and 13 and 3 seasons back to back and they have fallen short expectations every single time so you know, Aaron Rodgers obviously just talking about taking time away from the team to deal with, you know, health and all those kind of things. 
he is entering the late portion of his career where he wants to win and win big. There's obviously a lot of trade rumors going around for Aaron Rodgers. But that's kind of quieted down now because it's getting closer and closer to that time where, you know, teams are trying to focus in on their rosters, coaches are trying to make adjustments. And so the Packers um, just never prioritized getting a number two wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers. Um, and, you know, we've seen guys like Alan Lazard and Scantling um, do well. Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones are both, you know, in the Packers' future plans as Aaron Jones did resign and Devontae Adams plans to be in Green Bay. And both of them, as long as both of them are there, this offense is still loaded uh, with a good amount of weapons to make it happen next year. You know, whole question is, does Aaron Rodgers want to be in Green Bay? Because the whole report was that, you know, he didn't... He doesn't want to be with the Packers anymore. He's tired of this and that. You know, there's obviously a lot of decisions that the Packers made that Aaron Rodgers didn't co-sign on. And that continues to be something that is being monitored um, as this offseason goes on. So, you know, just Aaron Rodgers' whole situation is really um, kind of casting a cloud over what the Packers may or may not do. And so... I'm going to project the Packers' um, record based on assuming that Aaron Rodgers will be playing under center, you know, this fall. And the whole thing now is, you know, can Jordan Love, can Jordan Love, you know, be ready enough to play if Aaron Rodgers doesn't go? Jordan Love has had a tough, uh, tough time being able to impress people there in Green Bay. You know, he hasn't obviously been on the field as much. Uh, obviously, he wasn't going to be a long-term kind of project, but, you know, the whole thing about Jordan Love is that, you know, until Aaron Rodgers is there, you know, he may not get to see the field, but, you know, just like right now what's going on with the Packers, that they're operating with the belief that Aaron Rodgers will come back and he'll be right, ready to go. Rogers is expected to compete in a in the charity um, golf match, I think, today with Bryson Chambio against Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson. So, you know, Rogers saying all the right things. Question is now, can he find a way to work through all these kind of changes? You know, because he may not be happy with anything that the Packers have done for him, but they've treated certain guys in the respect and the appreciation. Um... But we know the NFL is a business and a lot of teams, a lot of coaches just try to do their best to make a competitive roster. So as constructed right now, the Packers, you know, they have a pretty good team. I mean, their defense, they've added up some more cornerbacks. Um, you know, so they've prioritized their defense a little bit. You know, they, they get some wide receivers late in the draft. Uh, they got a pretty solid team. I've seen Matt LaFleur. Um, he's done well, but the thing, big thing about the, about the Packers coming up this off this season is, you know, can Matt Lafleur kind of elevate his coaching to the next level? In terms of, can he be a better uh, game manager? Can he decide and make better decisions for the team as a whole? Is the question, you know, because we saw what happened in, in that NFC Championship game, and that's what's kind of 
the last thing that we could kind of refer, you know look to is Matt Lafleur making that decision. So you know, and this defense overall, like they played pretty well in that NFC Championship game, but obviously they gave up that touchdown before the end of the first half. You know, then you had what happened happened in that extra like you know in, in that time, you know that time period where you know they gave up the downs to so the, you know the Buccaneers could clinch it. So this package defense still has the Zadarius Smith brothers. You know they still got some good guys who can make plays on the, on the football. The whole question now is, can they be a good, a good unit? Can they find a way to be even more better as a unit, as a defense this year? Because that would go a long way in really helping this team get back to the Super Bowl or at least get back to the NFC Championship game appearance. You know, but. You know, it's still very important to have a good, a good, a good defense that cannot bend all the time. And you know, Packers just need to see some growth from some of their young stars on defense to be able to take the next step and be di- and be difference makers. That would go a long way in helping this team, especially with the schedule they have this year. You know, they got a really good shot to win win the NFC North once again. Uh, and that's all dependent on how they are able to play on both sides of the ball. You know, Aaron Rodgers obviously didn't opt out of the season. He had an option to do so. So Rodgers may end up playing for the Packers, you know, but it all remains under watch until August. And I think that just looking at their schedule coming up, I mean... Aaron Rodgers has carried the Packers for a lot of years on his back, you know, in terms of the way he's been able to perform. He had MVP year last year, you know, he could possibly do the same again this year. Uh, but the main thing is that can this team kind of find their championship pedigree? Can they find the qualities of uh, being, a, being a championship team late in the postseason? That's the biggest thing that you want to see. The season is not come short again, but able to kind of break through that barrier. Um, and make it to Super Bowl. So looking at their schedule, I mean, they got games at Cincy, uh, Kansas City, obviously, at Baltimore, you know, at San Fran, obviously. They're home against the Seattle Seahawks, Los Angeles Rams, Cleveland. You look at the Packers' schedule, if I had to make a record projecting it with Aaron Rodgers right now, with Aaron Rodgers, I think the Packers will go 12 and 5. With him, they'll go 12 and 5, and they'll, they'll win the North. I think with, with that record, 12 and 5, in my view. If Aaron Rodgers is not going to be there with Jordan Love, I'm going to say they're going to be a 9 and 8 team. You know, because ultimately they're going to need great quarterback play um, to win most of these games. And this defense, although they don't prove me otherwise, they're still a defense that will give up points, will still have a tough time on the road. And if you don't have a, you know, your star quarterback, your top-notch quarterback under center, I think they're going to have a tough time winning games, especially the ones against some of the top NFC teams. So I can see the Packers going 12-5 and with Aaron Rodgers, going back to the postseason. But if he's not going to play this year then 9-8 and eight 
Um, and it will definitely give someone else in the, in the division a chance to win the, win the NFC North title. So, I mean, it's going to be fascinating to watch between what happens between, between now and, and end of August because Aaron Rodgers um, is still a great quarterback. Uh, he's still got a lot to prove. And I'm sure he, he's going to want to play. Question is that will the Packers even consider trading him? You know, will he try to wait till that trade deadline in the middle of the season? Who knows? Um, but right now, this is a chess match between both sides. And so far, the Packers haven't been able to really convince Aaron Rodgers to come back. And until he doesn't do anything between now and then, I mean, the Packers season is going to be a one to really watch out for. There'll still be a lot of tension between those two sides. And who knows, Rodgers may not finish his career in Green Bay. Um, but that's only going to happen if the front office gives in first. So, you know, as I mentioned before, like a lot of players, sometimes when, you, when you're there for a long period of time and then something new happens... You know, it's kind of one of those things where you feel like, I want a fresh change. You know, and that, that's what Tom Brady did. And Aaron Rodgers is kind of sitting in the same boat right now. And I guess he's going to wait and watch what happens with the Packers. You know, they obviously didn't extend his contract either um, as much. So, it's really an interesting situation. And the Packers at quarterback... Uh, Jordan Love, I don't know if he's ready to, to, to take the next step to be their franchise quarterback. But if he gets a chance to prove it, um, if, if, he, you know, if he starts week one and he does really, really well, then who knows what Aaron Rodgers may do after that. You know, So it's a, it's a, it's a season that the Packers are definitely going to have their you know fair share of ups and downs, as, as every other team will have. It. But the future in Green Bay... Um, is going to go as Aaron Rodgers goes. And if he decides to not play for them ever again, the Packers will be definitely heading towards a, a full-on rebuild. So, um, Or maybe not full rebuild, but they won't be in contention as much if Aaron Rodgers isn't, isn't their quarterback in the near future.